Amen. Now, if you will uh, uh, turn in your Bible, please, to 1 Kings uh, chapter uh, 12. 1 Kings 12. Uh, we'll uh, look at the first, uh, about the first half of this chapter uh, this morning. Will you please stand for the uh, reading of Scripture? 1 Kings 12, 1. And Rechoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone to Shechem to make him king. So it happened when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, heard it. He was still in Egypt, for he had fled from the presence of King Solomon and had been dwelling in Egypt, that they sent and called him. Then Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel came and spoke to Rechoboam, saying, Your father made our yoke heavy. Now... Therefore lighten the burdensome service of your father and his heavy yoke which he put on us and we will serve you. So he said to them, depart for three days, then come back to me. And the people departed. Then King Rechoboam consulted the elders who stood before his father Solomon while he still lived. And he said, how do you advise me to answer these people? And they spoke to him saying, If you will be a servant to these people today and serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. But he rejected the advice which the elders had given him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him who stood before him. And he said to them, what advice do you give? How should we answer this people who have spoken to me saying, lighten the yoke which your father put on us? Then the young men who had grown up with him spoke to him, saying, Thus you should speak to this people who have spoken to you, saying, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you made it lighter on us. Thus you shall say to them, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's waist, or thigh. And now, whereas my father put a heavy yoke on you, I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chasten you with scourges. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rechoboam the third day as the king had directed, saying, Come back to me the third day. Then the king answered the people roughly and rejected the advice which the elders had given him and spoke to them according to the advice of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scourges. So the king did not listen to the people, for the turn of events was from the Lord, that he might fulfill his word, which the Lord had spoken by Ahijah the Shilonite to Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Now when all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king, saying, What share have we in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel. Now see to your own house, O David. So Israel departed to their tents. But Rechoboam reigned over the children of Israel who dwelt in the cities of Judah. Then King Rechoboam sent Adoram, who was in charge of the revenue, but all Israel stoned him with stones, and he died. Therefore King Rechoboam mounted his chariot in haste to flee to Jerusalem. So Israel had been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. Now it came to pass, when all Israel heard that Jeroboam had come back, they sent for him and called him to the congregation and made him king over all Israel. 
There was none who followed the house of David but the tribe of Judah only. And when Rechoboam came to Jerusalem, he assembled all the house of Judah with the tribe of Benjamin, 180,000 chosen men who were warriors to fight against the house of Israel, that he might restore the kingdom to Rechoboam, the son of Solomon. But the word of God came to Shemaiah, the man of God, saying, Speak to Rechoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, to all the house of Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people, saying, Thus says the Lord, You shall not go up nor fight against your brethren, the children of Israel. Let every man return to his house, for this thing is from me. Therefore they obeyed the word of the Lord and turned back according to the word of the Lord. And may God add his richest blessing to the reading of this portion of his holy word. You may be seated, please. House divided. The kingdom of Israel splits in this passage. Ten northern tribes break off from the kingdom of David and form another kingdom. This new northern kingdom will be known as Israel. The southern kingdom will be known as Judah, the tribe of David. Now we need to take note in verse 24, the Lord says, this thing is from me. So this is the Lord's plan working out. And yet the scripture shows us that this tragic event is the result of foolish and sinful decisions by foolish and sinful men. So this passage warns us of the dire consequences of turning from the Lord and rejecting his wisdom. But it also gives us the confident assurance that the sin and foolishness of man do not and cannot overthrow or frustrate the purposes of God. And we'll see that because he is still in control of all things, no matter how colossal of a mess we have made by our sin, there is still something we can do. Now let's get to it. First in this passage, we see foolishness upon foolishness. Foolishness upon foolishness. Look at verse 1. And Rechoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone to Shechem to make him king. So it happened when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, heard it. He was still in Egypt, for he fled from the presence of King Solomon and had been dwelling in Egypt that they sent and called him. Now, at this point, King Solomon has passed away. And now his son Rechoboam becomes king. Now we read here that Jeroboam returns from Egypt. He's coming back to take 10 tribes of the kingdom. Now we saw last week in in chapter 11 that because Solomon had turned away from the Lord and started worshiping many idols, that the Lord was angry with Solomon and had already told him that he would take the kingdom away from him in the days of his son. Now that was Solomon's foolishness to turn away from God. And then you remember that the prophet Ahijah informed this man, Jeroboam, 
that the Lord would give him 10 of the tribes of Israel. In fact, the Lord had even promised Jeroboam in chapter 10 and verse 38, then it shall be if you heed all that I command you, walk in my ways and do what is right in my sight to keep my statutes and my commandments as my servant David did, then I will be with you and build for you an enduring house as I built for David and will give Israel to you. That's a good promise. A great offer. But Jeroboam did not do it. He did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Rather than wait on the Lord to give him the kingdom, you remember David had done that long ago when the Lord was done with Saul and told David he was going to take the kingdom away from Saul and give it to him. David waited. He had a couple chances to kill Saul, but he wouldn't do it. He waited on the Lord. But Jeroboam does not wait on the Lord. He turned around and started a rebellion against Solomon. And Jeroboam wound up having to flee to Egypt for asylum. The Lord told him he'd give him 10 tribes. He just had to wait, but he couldn't do it. Or he wouldn't do it. That was Jeroboam's foolishness. But now Solomon is dead and he comes back from Egypt. Look in in the middle of verse 3. Then Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel came and spoke to Rechoboam saying, Your father made our yoke heavy. Now therefore lighten the burdensome service of your father and his heavy yoke which he put on us and we will serve you. Now basically what they're doing is complaining that the tax burden that Solomon had imposed on them was too high. Now, it's not clear from the text if there was any truth to their claim. First Kings did not record whether in his later days when he turned away from God, uh, if Solomon had levied, levied exorbitant taxes or not. Now, we do know, Scripture says in the early part of his reign, when Solomon was faithful, It was a time of tremendous prosperity for the nation. What happens uh, later is not much detail besides his idolatry. But regardless of what happened later with the taxes, old Matthew Henry had a keen insight. He said that they did not complain of his father's idolatry and revolt from God. That which was the greatest grievance of all was none to them. So careless and indifferent were they in the matters of religion as if God or Moloch and the idols were all at one, so they might but live at ease and pay no taxes. Now think about it. If if indeed Solomon had raised their taxes, it would have been because He ignored the word of God for the word of God gave him no authority to do so. But the delegation from the 10 tribes does not mention Solomon's idolatry and neglect of God. 
So as old Henry said again, so careless and indifferent were they in the matters of religion, so they might but live at ease and pay no taxes. That's their foolishness. Then Rechoboam asked this delegation to give him three days to consider their request and then come back. So they leave. Well, first, Rechoboam consults the elders and they give him sound advice. Look at verse seven. They spoke to him saying, if you will be a servant to these people today and serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, then they'll be your servants forever. But Rechoboam doesn't take their advice. Instead, he asks the younger men, ones he grew up with, and look at the advice they give. Look at verse 10. Then the young men who had grown up with him spoke to him saying, thus should you speak to this people who have spoken to you saying, your father made our yoke heavy, but you make it lighter on us. Thus you shall say to them, my little finger shall be thicker than my father's waist. And now whereas my father put a heavy yoke on you, I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scourges. Now this advice is completely idiotic. But Rechoboam does what these young men advise. He actually goes to this delegation from 10 out of the 12 tribes of his kingdom and tells them, I'm going to treat you a whole lot worse than my father did. So he does. And look at what happened in verse 16. Now when all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king saying, what share we have in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel. Now see to your own house, O David. So Israel departed to their tents. But Rechoboam reigned over the children of Israel who dwelt in the cities of Judah. They go their own way. They leave. Well, then Rechoboam sends his tax assessor up to the northern tribes and they stone him to death. And after that, they crown Jeroboam king and become an independent kingdom. At which time Rechoboam then raises an army of 180,000 men from the tribes of Judah and Benjamin to invade the northern kingdom and reassert control. Now, before we see what happens next, we must try and take in Rechoboam's colossal foolishness. He chose to listen to his young friends over the wiser old men. You know, Rechoboam's father was Solomon. And you may recall Solomon wrote a book called Proverbs. And Proverbs chapter 15 says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. 
The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. Do you realize that here in 1 Kings chapter 12, Rechoboam does the exact opposite of Proverbs 15.1. Words his father, his own father was inspired to write. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Rechoboam spoke the harshest words they could think of and stirred up anger, splitting the kingdom and bringing the, them to the point, to the brink of a war. Now, though he did not finish well, Rechoboam's father, Solomon, was literally, in his day, the wisest man in the world. The Lord told him, ask me for anything you want. He asked for wisdom. The Lord gave him wisdom. His wisdom was the wonder of the world. He literally wrote the book on wisdom, the book of Proverbs. But he raised a fool. The book of Proverbs is actually written, addressed, as you know, from a father to a son. But the father who wrote it raised a son who was a fool. And now that fool is on the brink of starting a civil war. That was Rechoboam's foolishness. We see foolishness upon foolishness. Secondly, in this passage, we see the Lord over foolishness. The Lord over foolishness. Look at verse 22. But the word of God came to Shemaiah, the man of God, saying, Speak to Rechoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, to all the house of Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people, saying, Thus says the Lord, you shall not go up, nor fight against your brethren, the children of Israel. Let every man return to his house, for this thing is from me. Now the Lord sends his word. The Rechoboam's got his 180,000 men. They're ready to go up and start a war. And the Lord sends his word to this prophet, Shemaiah, to give a message to Rechoboam. Don't go. Do not invade the other tribes and start a civil war. Do not do it. Why not? Verse 24, the Lord says, this thing is for me. That's why not. In, chapter, in verse 15, it says the turn of events was from the Lord. The split in the kingdom is from the Lord. He told Solomon years before, 
And he told Jeroboam, it would happen. It was the Lord's will. It was his plan. The foolishness of man does not, it cannot overthrow the sovereignty of God. The sin of man cannot overthrow the sovereignty of God. And now we notice that this passage exposes the foolishness of multiple parties to this conflict. It does not excuse them on the basis of they were merely carrying out God's plan. No, the Lord was angry with Solomon because of his idolatry and the Lord orchestrated the events of the split as punishment for Solomon's willful, deliberate, decisive forsaking the Lord. Solomon was responsible for his free choices to turn from the Lord to idols. Jeroboam was responsible for trying to start a revolt instead of waiting on the Lord. Rechoboam was responsible for his choice to ignore wise advice and listen to fools. The Lord did not make them sin. Scripture says the Lord does not tempt. The Lord does not make anyone sin. Yet because God is God, his plan does not come off the rails when people are foolish and sinful. Acts 2.23, Peter says, Jesus being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. The worst sin, the most heinous evil, and not to mention the most foolish stunt man has ever attempted. Accomplished the eternal plan of God for our salvation. As Joseph had said to his brother centuries earlier, you meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. It's a great mystery. But this passage is warning the people. It's warning us not to forsake the wisdom of God like Solomon in his later years and then his son Rechoboam. There are serious consequences for sinful choices and taking bad advice. Yet this passage is also encouraging the people and us. It's showing us that no matter how badly things seem to be spinning out of control, God is still on the throne. We see God over foolishness. So we see foolishness upon foolishness. We see the Lord over foolishness. And thirdly and finally in this passage, we see the way out of foolishness. 
the way out of foolishness. Look at verse 24 again. Thus says the Lord, you shall not go up nor fight against your brethren, the children of Israel. Let every man return to his house for this thing is from me. Therefore, they obeyed the word of the Lord and turned back according to the word of the Lord. Now, it's been years since a king has obeyed the word of the Lord in the text of Kings. But when the Lord sends the prophet Shemaiah with this message not to go start a civil war, we read that Rechoboam and his 180,000 men obey the word of God. And that prevented a war. Now, after this, there's no indication that Rechoboam continued to obey the word of the Lord. We read that during his reign, idolatry got worse and worse in Judah. But here in this instance, there is a glimmer of hope. They have all literally blundered royally. Yet they still have the word of God. The Bible is full of people who made horrible, sinful decisions, but even then the word of the Lord told them the way out of the mess they had made. David took Bathsheba and killed her husband. Peter denied the Lord Jesus Paul persecuted the church, but the word of God showed them the way out of the mess. Jesus says the scriptures testify of him. Paul says the holy scriptures are able to make us wise unto salvation by faith in Jesus Christ. say I've made a mess I listened to some really bad advice I've caused destruction you still got the word of God wherever you are whatever mess you're in obey the word of God Go to Jesus. Trust Jesus. Ask Jesus for mercy. That's why he came. That's why he died. That's why his body was broken and his blood shed. It was for our foolishness and our sin. Because sin did not overthrow the plan of God. He had a plan of salvation. Before sin ever entered the world, he had a plan of salvation. A way out of foolishness and sin and misery. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Now we come to the Lord's table to remember 
the love that drew salvation's plan, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary and receive the grace of God. As we come, we'll sing the same song, one of the same psalms that Jesus and his disciples sang together that night. He was betrayed. Psalm 116, I love the Lord. It's number 242 in the Green Bible Songs book. We'll sing it together as we prepare to come to the table.